Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and with me, as always, is my radioactive purple pill popping friend, Tim. Purple pill, purple pill, makes you do whatever a red daughter does. Is she angry? Yes, she is. Is she dead? We'll find out. Oh, it's the purple pill radiation guy. Hey, that was pretty that good. That was good. That was not your yeah. best, but but, but, no. but still pretty good. No, pretty purpley good. Anyway, yes, Frank, how are you? I'm doing fantastical. Fantastical. Having having a grand old time. How about yourself, my friend? I am majestical, Frank. Majestical, just, you say? Majestical. You know, we're just a bunch of uh, ist- ickles. We're a bunch of ickles, Frank. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, what we are. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. that's definitely, that's, uh-huh. Yep, we're ickles. Yeah. We're Ickles. Anyway, Frank, I'm ickly excited to, I don't know what that is, to, <laughs> to talk about this episode because, you know, I was, I was not, I was not up on last week's episode until the end where I was like, this one is just okay. And by the end, I was like, no, this episode was really good. It was actually really important. This one, right from the beginning, I was like, this is a great episode. This is important. I am here for this. Let's do this because it talks about, you know, everything. The relationship of the the Danvers sisters it's so important here, but it just spreads that love out everywhere, and that it, it was really spectacular. That way, I was all for it. So, with that being said, let's talk about last week's episode. Let's talk about. Let's do some mailbag. All right, let's, yeah, we have some follow up sent to us over at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Please do keep those emails coming because we love them. We love to read them. We want them. So keep on sending your emails. Even if you have a thought right now as you're listening to this and you want to shoot us a note, do it. Do it. React to what we're saying. If you if you vehemently do disagree, do it. Uh, if you vehemently disagree with what we say or you, or you enthusiastically agree with what we're saying, uh, send us your thoughts. Mail at supergirltvtalk.com. You. Yes, you. I'm talking to you right now. Um, So we get this note from Omni. Omni says, uh, I wanted to say the episode was last week's episode, uh, episode 10, was really good. Also, the mind wipe makes sense in light of what the executive producers said in in a recent interview about Alex thinking that Kara doesn't need her protection anymore. And so she'll be concentrating on her own life. We did see that in an interview um, I think with Robert Rovner, Rovner, um, mm-hmm. where he said like that that, that uh, Alex would be backing off a little bit, and at the time I remember being a little bit disappointed by that, and now it, it Omni's right, it makes sense that in, in this context it does make sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm really excited to see where it all goes. The secret identity used to be a joke, but in the span of just one episode, they've changed the game, and I'm impressed. Also, love listening to your podcast, guys. Keep it going. Much appreciation, Omni. Thank you, Omni. Um, yeah, I, I so I I think that the now we understand why why Alex uh, is focusing on on her own life a little bit more because she thinks that Kara doesn't need her protection as much. Got it? Makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, the secret identity bit. Um, I I mean we'll get into it in Storytime Village, but I have some th- some thoughts about that. I I was not as up on episode eleven a, a, as you were. Um, Kiss can say pa. Yeah, what? I wasn't. I wasn't feeling it quite as much. It felt a by times felt a little filler. Um, oh, allow me to change your mind, okay. Frank. Okay, please. Allow I, me to I, for, I Nothing makes me, and this is the God's honest truth. Nothing makes me happier on this show than when you change my mind because you you do change my mind. You you make me reconsider things. You make me uh, look at things in a new light, and I and I love it when you do. But I just wasn't really feeling it all that much. So I I. I, I hope I hope you can turn me around on that because there are there are parts certain character storylines that I was not feeling but I'm glad you liked it I'm glad Omni uh, is feeling the the secret identity pieces uh, that are that are happening there um okay so we have a note also from Daryl uh, Daryl says. Uh, it was strange to hear Lena talking about having no support or sounding board in her experiments uh, because she has that in Eve. Mm. Which is true. Mm-hmm. Also, Eve is, I guess, sort of living a double life, working for both James and Lena at this point. Like, like, 
being assistant to both of them? I don't think she actually works for Catco anymore. Does she I not think anymore? At, I think at the end of no, I think at the end of last season when they were, she was like, oh no, I, or this season when she was like, oh no, I have this degree. You know, the, oh, it was last season. I think oh, she yeah. actually just works for Lena now. Okay, so now she's just full time L Corp. Yeah, although technically, I guess wasn't she always working for Lena? I suppose that's true because she runs, she owns Catco. But but yeah, uh, you know what I mean though. She was working, mm-hmm. you know. She was reporting to James. She was James's assistant. Uh, yeah, for a while I, I am. I'm fairly certain she doesn't. She doesn't work for Catco at all anymore. Mm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm also disappointed to only really see Lena at Catco as James's girlfriend, and far less often as owner of the company. I'm surprised uh, James can be so self-aware and realize how wrong he was, but I'm sure his high horse is ready to be saddled at a moment's notice. <laughs> That's a great, oh my God, that is, I want that on a t-shirt. It's so great. My high horse is ready to be saddled at, at a, a moment's, moment's notice. notice. Oh, that man. is, that is spectacular. It's only a matter that- of time, I'm sure, before he possibly stops supporting Lena. He may very well be uh, Lena's next human experiment. And as someone who doesn't care for the Guardian storyline, I don't see myself having much of an interest in this. Uh, I question how soon before he tells Kara what Lena is doing. Has to come at some point, I'm sure. I'm thinking about the episode and stunned to realize how much of it uh, doesn't matter for the season as a whole. Red Kara training, Supergirl no longer working for the DEO, John is a PI, Alex is mind wiped. These things all matter. But what doesn't matter are the moral, uh, uh, sorry, the Mirai. Uh, and their treatment as uh, at the hands of the government, which was the bulk of the episode's runtime. Colonel Haley and others are involved in some truly awful things uh, that could and should be explored, yet I fear they'll be forgotten. Take something pretty major for Alex to consider quitting, as we've seen in the past, but something this major most likely won't be explored further as a storyline. It's a little hard to believe the effectiveness of Colonel Haley's interrogation techniques if they can't even be bothered to show them. That's interesting, too. Yeah, we didn't really see what she was doing to get Supergirl's identity out of uh, out of folks. I guess we did. She's using the truth thingy. Before that, before the truth creature thing. She's using using Veritaserum. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. We don't know. You know what? I honestly doesn't concern me. Mm -hmm. I don't care. And I don't think Haley is a she's a um She's a, not a MacGuffin, really, but, you know, like, she is just a thing to move. She's a thing to move the plot to where it needs to go. So, like, who she, like, say, like, who she is, her tactics or this or this or this. Nah, I don't think that really matters mm. at the end of the day. I don't want s- story time away from from our, our leads just to see Haley like, oh, so you are a good interrogator. Good for you. Because ultimately, I don't think she's really a power player in the life of Supergirl moving forward. So I don't think it's I don't think that's necessary. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's fair. I I guess I I can I can see what Daryl's saying in a sense in that, you know, it it would sort of round out. It wouldn't take much screen time. But I also see your point that, like, does it really matter? No, not really. It just yeah, just I, I do. I do get the rest of what he's saying. Yeah, and I and I don't. I really. I am not really arguing. Sure, what he's the rest of what he's saying either. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, n- nor I, nor am I. Well, thank you very much, Daryl. Thank you very much, everyone who sent us email at uh, mail at supergirltvtalk.com. We appreciate your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions. We really do. We want to hear them. We want to share them with everyone. So please, please, please keep those notes coming. Uh, in the meantime, we also want to thank all of our friends over at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. So here's how it works, guys. We put out this podcast every week. We love doing it. It's a labor of love. We do it because we love this show and we love these characters. Um, uh, but we also love to give you a little bit extra. You know, we it, it, it does cost money to make podcasts uh, and we don't we don't charge for them. They are free. We don't have sponsors. Uh, so if you feel like you want to give back just a little bit to help keep the show going, uh, to, to, to help pay for equipment, pay for server costs, things like that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help support us and you'll get bonus episodes. You'll get exclusive stuff that's only for our patrons uh and and i want to remind you you know a a buck a month that's a quarter per episode we do four episodes a month buck a month it comes out to a quarter per show if that seems worth it to you if you could spare a quarter a week and and not really feel it check out patreon.com slash thought bubble audio help support this show and a bunch of our other shows and uh uh 
it really makes a difference to us and, and shows us that you care. So thank you so much for everyone who supports us uh, on Patreon. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what do you think? A little story time village? Storytime Village. I'm actually want to do that was a good bit first because I don't really have a lot of good bits. Most of it's kind of wrapped up in Storytime Village, you know, uh, the themes area. So uh, let's just get that was a good bit out of the way. Number uno mm. or letter A, however you do notes. <laughs> new establishing shot of National City. That's right. Off in the distance, right? Yeah. Yeah, it that's was right. Kind of foggy. Yeah. And there was continuity. It was foggy. And then if you looked at the window of the apartment, it was foggy outside. Uh, Thought it was going to play a part of the show. It really didn't. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to talk about one of our lies being, or one of the um, themes being, you know, like the importance of um, truth in relationships or consequences of our actions, you know, and you were being a little bit foggy, being a little bit vague, couldn't see heavily, you know, you know, things like that. If you really wanted to read into it like I just did right now, you can. If not, <laughs> it just looked cool. That's the beauty of liter of literary criticism, Frank. Isn't you can it? be whatever you want it to be. It's good stuff. What do you have for a good bit? Um, you know, I, I I didn't catch much in terms of well, yeah, there there were some good bits. Um, I I actually thought it was kind of funny when uh, Brainy comes in, pretend to be a frat bro. His, his idea great. of a frat bro, BT Dubs, BT Dubs. Let's have a rager, BT Dubs. He's like the nerdiest frat boy in the entire world. He was dressed like Jimmy Olsen in the fifties. <gasps> he was dressed like Jimmy Olsen <laughs> in the fifties. He was missing the bow tie, but apart from that, apart from that, pretty, it's pretty great. It's like, it's this is great. my idea of a college man. That's good. <laughs> Literally. I'm a college boy, you see? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nick, you're a college man. You know, that's my... Archie. He was just like Archie. Archie. Yeah. Archie Bunker. No, Archie, no, like Archie. Archie Comics. I know, I yeah. know who you're, I know who you're <laughs> talking about. Riverdale. Not, not, not wish, CW Riverdale. OG Riverdale. I was, I was just doing a word association. Anyway, I love... That Lena knows what the Irish name of Nia's town is because yes! she's Irish. That was hilarious. I love that they gave her that line. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, in in Ireland, and it works in the show because she's the smart, like she's one of the smartest people in the world, but also because she's Irish. Because the she's actress. Irish. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. Really loved that. That was fun. Car's favorite movie is The Wizard of Oz. Always a good." Always good. Nice to hear that again. I love that because I love the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. It's so good. Love. Yeah, I did. I did really enjoy that, and it also seemed really fitting that on the on the other side of that coin, as much as the Wizard of Oz clearly ties into Kara's story, right? And she she made that pretty clear that tie pretty clear with how Eliza showed it to her, so she wouldn't feel alone. She could relate to Dorothy. It's really also fitting that Alex's favorite movie is Terminator Two. Like, how fitting yes. is that? Yes, that that the the badass DEO agent who runs around with with guns on on her hips. Uh, her her favorite movie is T two. Like really, that's that's amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'd love T two. I do love T two. I love the Terminator franchise, but but mm-hmm. I just I love how well that fits for Alex specifically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Kara uh, and Lena wore their hair differently in this episode, and I appreciated it. Kara had a nice. Well, she was wearing it down. It was in a it was in a ponytail, but. She, it's usually like up, mm-hmm. right? It's up and back and whatever else, but she was just wearing it down. And I was like, hey, you're getting pretty close to looking like Supergirl there, Carl. Mm. Knock it off. But I think it looked good. And also, Lena was wearing different hair. Um, you know, well, not wearing different hair. The style. I'm sure of it hair. was still her hair. Yeah. It was the style of hair. It looked different when she did that game night thing for James. And I was like, hey, we're doing new things here on this show. Yeah. This is great. I love it. Anyway, those are my good bits. Do you you have any other ones? Since you bring that up, actually, I noticed that Kara's outfits seemed a little bit different this this episode. It seemed like they were dressing Mm -hmm. her when she went to the Harvest Festival and everything. It seemed like she was dressing differently than she normally does. Yeah. I noticed they they were playing around with the wardrobe and the hair and makeup a little bit for sure. Um, You're not talking about when she was wearing the white dress, right? No. For the memorial service? No. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Like when she showed up in, um, uh, oh, yes. uh, what's the name of the town? Parth, uh, Parthenon. Uh, Paradise. Whatever the Paradise mm-hmm. town is called. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't I don't speak Irish. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's quite all right. Yeah. Misconception. People usually say speak Gaelic, but that is actually incorrect. It would be speak Irish. I see. I didn't know that. That when she said speak Irish, or that means paradise in Irish. I was like, isn't it Gaelic? 
Mm-mm. That is incorrect. Hmm. Yeah, it is as actually Irish, and I, I I'd have to look up which the the reason for that. But I I did learn that as a fact a while ago, and I, and we don't have time to look it up, Frank. Someone else can fact check for all I care. That's right. Anyway, we're moving on to Storytime Village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moving on. Yeah, all right. Yeah, boy. Ahoy, high top. Um. Anyway, we have two two big themes here: consequences of our actions. And the importance of relationships. Mm. These are really the these are the really two. And of course, we have tons of examples for you know for all of these. Let's start with the consequences of our actions. You know, the thing from the trailer from last week. We Alex is not herself because of the mind wipe. Yep, she's just not herself. She couldn't crack those frat boys. That was almost disheartening in a way. Where you were like, you are just really not yourself. I mean, it starts small. Game night, baby. You know, they're just not, they're not sinking. They're not clicking. But Alex, the badass DEO agent, couldn't do her job mm-hmm. the way she knows she can do it. Everybody has off days, but astute of her in a lot of ways. It's not like, oh, man, this is a, I'm having a bad day. It's just, it, she's like, no, not having a bad day. Something is wrong. Something, Something is off. wrong. She is so smart. She is so smart. She's the best. Yeah, so so I think it's a really interesting concept to have her her being good at her job is somehow tied in to to Kara. Like they are, you know, in a symbiotic relationship in a way where mm-hmm. they they need one another or, or certainly Alex apparently needs Kara um and needs her support. Uh, in in a way in order to be good at her job it seems or or to like it's almost like her passion for her job right it some must somehow stem from like their childhood together or something because how why else would it be that when she forgets that her sister is supergirl that that is when she struggles to to do her job clearly there's something some mm-hmm. link the two of them have that must go way way back and go really really deep yep i agree that's just it's because I mean, she says herself, "There's something in my mind. Something in my mind is missing. missing. Yeah, missing. You know, that's a that's an important that's an important uh, important point. There we go. Got it. Um, because the Alex and Kara part is one thing, but then Alex and Supergirl interacting is something totally different. That actually hurts even more in some way. I found because. Alex really never hid her relationship with Kara, even when she was dressed up as Supergirl, right? There was an affection there, a professional affection, maybe, but an affection, and there was almost, like, disdain. It was almost Haley-like. Yes, it was Haley-like. You know, I mean, but, I mean, Kara, in some ways, brings it on herself. She literally shoots Alex with her heat vision. Yeah. Shoots the guy to say, you know, to save some, to save some aliens, and Alex, this was the you know the big clincher. Alex doesn't think that Supergirl, that Kara, is capable of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, which we know their entire relationship as sisters is based upon vulnerability. That's you know, right. being there, and even though they're not biologically equal, they are mentally and spiritually connected and equal together that way as sisters. And so, for her to say you're not vulnerable is awful because it's all over Kara's face then. She's so vulnerable at that moment. Oh, yeah. And and she feels almost betrayed, right? I mean, like, obviously, Alex doesn't know what she's saying or who she's saying it to. Um, but but you see this look of, of betrayal on Kara's face where she feels hurt. She's hurt. She's hurt by, by, by hearing her sister say that to her, especially because, like, it's got to hurt so much when the person who you confide in most in the world basically says you're not human like you you don't have feelings yep that you don't deserve to be treated like you have feelings you don't deserve to be treated like your feelings awful awful and you know what's what i really was struck by that it's almost a meta statement because so many people don't find the super family interesting because they don't find them vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they're like, right. oh, no, Supergirl, Superman, whatever. They can do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, there's no there's no pathos. It doesn't, you know, like, it's an uninteresting character. And this slaps it right, right, all of that right in the face. Like, don't you see how vulnerable they are? Being the strongest person in the room does not mean anything in terms of your emotions, your relationships with people. You can lift 
buildings or in human terms, you can lift, you can bench 450 pounds, 450 pounds, 500 pounds, 600 pounds. It doesn't matter because everybody's heart is the same. You know, everybody needs that connection and the S crest blocks people from that. It's what makes it's almost children of liberty like, you know, like they're not like us. They you do not feel you can you are not vulnerable in any way. You are not like me. Mm-hmm. It, and that's that's dangerous. Oh, yeah. That's like it's actually dangerous to think that way. And so it, it that it really struck me. It was a really powerful moment. One of the most powerful moments to define their relationship on this show, but not not just for Alex and Kara, but then also for us, the audience, you know, like this is actually why we're laying it out for you. This is why we care about her, even if you haven't realized it yet. Yep, that's right. That's absolutely right. Yep. It, it really it really is eerily similar to the, the Children of Liberty um, sort of mission statement. And it's 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 not great coming from Alex. It doesn't doesn't look good on her. No, well, I mean, even even earlier, you know, she asked John for help. She's like, "Yo, you got to read my mind because I don't feel right." "Quote, she feels disconnected and vulnerable." Mm-hmm. She feels disconnected and vulnerable. Alex is so rarely vulnerable at her job. You know, just a supergirl at her job is not vulnerable in that way, but they're vulnerable together. That's what connects them together to be equal. And so Alex feels vulnerable and then doesn't believe that Supergirl can be vulnerable. The irony is flying all over the place here. It's just like it's just, you know, I can't I can't pull it down, Frank. It's just floating in the air. It's all it's all around us. It's true. Yeah, that that you're you're right. Yeah, that's that's very true. It, it, it that that is actually some pretty uh some pretty good mirroring happening there between the two of them. Even when they, you know, even so like at, at game night at the beginning they were they were talking about how connected the two of them are right and how mm-hmm. they, they oh yeah and and they had like that song or rhyme that they did right that was about like danvers sisters whatever mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the exactly how the it danvers went. sisters no that's not it yeah that's not work work um <laughs> but yeah they uh they had that and and then it kind of plays out in that way because they're both vulnerable without one another they keep stronger together you might say oh ho, ho. so yeah that was a nice callback you did there thank you thank you so that yeah they uh th- th- that's true that's one thing i will give this episode a lot of credit for is that that was really really nicely done well i'm so glad that about two minutes ago you mentioned the mirroring aspect mm-hmm. because nia's relationship with her sister Maeve is the mirror of the Kara and alex relationship except that where Kara has to hide her identity from from Alex right now and had it before, and that's what made their relationship what it was. Nia is doing the opposite with her sister. You know, Nia has the power, this once-in-a-generation female power, you know, that's passed down, and her sister thinks that she's going to have it, you know, but... But, you know, but doesn't because Nia is she's hiding that she's the next in dreamer in the family. But her being a transsexual affects that because now she is a girl. Right. She's always been a girl in her brain. She tells Kara this. Right. This is part of the thing. I've always been a girl. My parents were very supportive of that. And now I, you know, am biologically also mm-hmm. a girl. But Maeve, as we find like Maeve tells it, you're not even a real woman. I know. You, know, you get this whole thing. You have this whole thing about how this town is accepting and my family's great and it's this and this and this and this. It's literally paradise, you know, all of this stuff. But they're not really accepting. It's hypocrisy. It's irony when you say that. There's a lot of irony in this episode Um, because I got more coming. I got more more irony coming your way. I know you like your clothes ironed. I got more irony coming your way. So, (laughs) So, yeah. So, So, okay, again, going to your theme of relationships, um and how how this relationship with these two sisters yeah it is kind of the opposite uh the the mirror the mirror image in the truest sense where it's a a a uh you know sort of a, a an opposite reflection uh of what we see what we normally see with with uh Kara and Alex here with uh, uh with with Nia. these with uh, Nia and Maeve um i 
I do I do appreciate that. And I do like seeing that um that play out. It was it was hard to watch parts of that. It was it was hard to hear Maeve say that. Um it just so sort of she said it with such cruelty and and I, I, you know she she was hurt and so she lashed out and and probably regretted it as soon as she said it but 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 she did say it and really hurt Nia. Um it was it was hard to watch that, but it was it was sort of they are so whereas Kara had to hide a secret from her sister and Nia had to reveal a secret to her sister. Um, there were sort of opposites happening there, but um, there were also some other parallels, like just the simple fact that, um, you know, one of them is um, one of them. Is, they're they're not as they're clearly not as close uh, Nia and Maeve are clearly not as close as as Kara and Alex, mm-hmm. um, so there's another sort of departure there. There was some interest. It was an interesting relationship to see. I, I think my issue with it was that it did not. I wish we had been introduced to Maeve and I'm sorry, but I'm blanking on their mother's name. I wish we'd been introduced to the family Nia's family a couple episodes ago, and not just like in a mm-hmm. phone call where we hear Maeve mentioned and that's it. I, I wish we had like met them before because a lot of this would have had a lot more impact. So it felt a little bit, the the, the Nia family story, the Nal family storyline felt very rushed to me and very much like I was being told what to think and how to feel every time I saw them. Like, now you will feel sad. Now you will feel sympathy. Now you'll feel this. And it, it, I hmm. felt like I was being told what to feel rather than presented with a situation that uh, elicited a feeling out of me. And that's one of the reasons, really, if there's a thing that I, I enjoyed least about this episode it's probably this storyline this this nia and family storyline because it felt so rushed we go from meeting them seeing the mom in a dream meeting her then she dies then there's a, a memorial then the the battle happens at her memorial and it all happens so fast that like it 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 didn't have as much impact to me as it could have if i had if they had planted some seeds earlier in the season and let us get to know any of those characters even a little bit even if it was just last episode we met her and then she dies this episode would have had way more impact for me and i would have felt like i knew that character way more than meeting her and, and her dying in the span of one episode in, in in a way that was supposed to be so impactful for one of our main characters for the season you know i i didn't get that at all i thought this was very well structured and paced and you know it, it told what it needed to the story told what it needed to tell, and I don't. I didn't mind that I hadn't met these people before because ultimately it's her origin story, right? You only meet Uncle Ben ten minutes before he's dead, you know. So the founder of the rice, obviously, that's uh, clearly, yes, about. Yes, clearly, yes. yeah. You know what I mean? But again, you're told who he is, what his relationship is to Peter, and then you're like, and then he w- spurts some words of wisdom, and then he dies. See, but I, 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 well, yeah, I agree to a point, but I feel like, you know, his message, um, his words of wisdom uh, are what oh, define that character. Well, yes, well, I'm so and glad so that you said that. I'm so glad that you okay, said that, Frank, because okay. let me, let Good. me go into something. Let's see if it changes your mind okay, a little bit. Please so, do. So Maeve wants to be a hero, quote, like her grandmother was on Naltar, like Supergirl is to Earth. Maeve wants to do the right thing, you know, maybe because maybe for the wrong reasons, do the right thing kind of deal. It's hard to get a read on her. Exactly. You're not really sure, but it's it is her deepest desire, you know, and Nia is lying to her because of some piece of shame that she feels she has to carry because she took something that her sister wanted and she is trying to and she just wants to give that back but because she's ashamed she's afraid right mm-hmm. you know that's the that's you know like um i'm hiding i'm i, I don't need you to know i need to hide I, I need to go over here you know you could dive into it in a way that like somebody's coming out of the closet kind of way you know i'm trying to tell you something about myself but i you know i'm not sure how to feel about it just yet i don't know how you're going to react to it you can go further with that because of nia's background but nia keeping her dream powers a secret indirectly causes her mother's death 
you know, she's not the spider itself, but, you know, it causes her mother's death because Maeve, like, could have read the signs. She was studying it. And so Nia dreams of her mom's death, Her, but her path becomes inescapable then, right? Because her mom knew, gave her a costume. You know she gave her that costume. That's what's in the box, right? That's right, yeah. That's what's in the box. Her mother knew this was probably going to happen anywhere, that Nia was going to be a hero. And so when she she opens that box, the music in the background is the Kyrie, right? Is the Kyrie, have mercy, you know, right? And so have mercy, she has to atone for her lies that caused her mother's death. She has to be a hero now, not because, you know, she can't wait to get out there and fight crime or whatever else, because now it is her duty to use her powers the way that she's supposed to be using. She was hiding them. She was afraid of them. But now she has to go and do something with them because she feels the responsibility, the weight of her mother's death. That you could it's not even really an argument whether it's her fault or not her fault. It's kinda of her fault. And she knows that. It might be indirectly her fault, but she could have said something and didn't because she was afraid. And that fear caused the division in her family. So she has to go and bring mercy to others really because she needs it herself. Mic drop, but I'm not going to cause they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will feel better about this episode if they hit those points in, in future episodes. If when Nia puts on the costume and goes out there, if, if there is some mention, some reference of I'm doing this for mom, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. feel a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. Listening to you talk makes me feel, yeah, they probably will do that, and 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 it will have been worth it. Right now, it does. I guess the payoff isn't here yet, so right now it just sort of feels hollow. I okay, I'll gi- I'll give you that, but 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 I will feel better if they hit if they hit on that if they touch on that and and make it worth it in the end. So in other words, if if. Right now, it feels like, wow, there was not much to this. Like, she was born, uh, not born. We met her. She died all, all in one episode. Eh, not much impact. But if 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 that's not, if I'm looking at the story the wrong way, if the story is actually, no, no, no. The story is she died in this episode so that her daughter would become a hero, you know, a few episodes down the line. Mm-hmm. That's a story I can get more on board with. Right. Th- that, that's more crypt- of the Uncle Ken be- thing, right? Yeah, or even the Krypton thing. You can't be upset Krypton blew up if it doesn't impact you know, Clark and Kara becoming heroes. Right. Right. That's you know the, what I mean? The, that yeah. that's the that's the inciting incident at the beginning of the story. Ooh, so good good cinema term, Frank. So if that ends up being if her mother's death ends up being the thing that inspires her um to be a hero and and, and they and clearly it's going to be, but if that if they pay um service to it, homage to it and make it a pretty clear thing that kicks off her hero's journey then it will have been worth it because then it's like Uncle Ben. Then it's like Krypton exploding. Yeah. The death of the Waynes, the whatever. Right, There's exactly. always something. And he, t- take your pick. Tragedy makes a hero. Yeah. 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 So now that we've gotten all that sisterly connection out of the way, you have the Nia and Kara stuff, right? Because Nia coming out to Kara is a very special moment. And then at the end of this episode, Kara comes out to Nia. Right. Right. It's this, it's this, you know, this opposite play on one another. They are sisters now without sisters mm. who find each other. You know, they have, you know, the sisters with the powers, the sisters without the powers, and they have found that they need the support of themselves because they are vulnerable. That's, I guess, the other theme of this vulnerability, right? And, you know, that this support is necessary mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And in just as Alex watched over Kara now Kara needs to watch over Nia you know so you're watching them all kind of grow up that way that's true yeah Kara's kind of passing on you know what what she used to get from Alex she's now she's now being that for Nia that's right Alex is effectively dead not really but you know what I mean like if if Alex had died this is the way that you know Kara would like be dealing with the you know maybe this issue you know like I got to take the lessons that I learned from my sister and pass them off you know this way yeah like I understand you legacy exactly so and I I I really dug all of that how all like it was so layered all the way all the way down to like the drug dealers and the sister who takes the drug to save her brother you know what I mean like this importance of their like it, it was it's very very 
all of it is very linked together that way. This imp- the sibling relationship and the yes. importance of being a sibling. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, that's it's huge. And certainly not everybody can r- relate to that necessarily. You know, not everybody has siblings, you know, but for those who do, you get it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You have 11 brothers and sisters. You understand the importance of siblings. <laughs> Some, yeah, give or take. Yeah, give or take one of those, one of those numbers. Give or take ten. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, um, to wrap up these two things, one, you know, we have the consequences of our actions. Huh. We have the we have Red Daughter getting overworked and her powers. You know, like she kind of breaks apart and the stuff goes everywhere. And so we're gonna get more havoc later on from that happening. But then that general or that, you know, officer at the end is like, I need to reach somebody in America. You know, you're reaching America. Lex Luthor. That's who you're reaching in America. Oh, you're totally right. That's who he's reaching. You're totally right. 100%. He's reaching Lex Luthor, which we will talk about at the end of this episode. Unless it's the terrible president on this show. Um, Oh, you know, it could be the president. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that's a good, that's a really good point. Didn't think about that. I'll take either one. Truly. I will take either one. President Tron. President Tron. President Tron. Um, President yeah. Tron. He wasn't Tron. I keep forgetting that. Yep. So so there's that. And then the last thing, James and Lena working on their communication skills. Working, you know, yeah. This, yeah. You know, the importance of relationships and how they get this. I, I liked this because through game night, which is really cute. Yeah. You know, in its own way, you know, they can still be cute. He... She's trying to work on communication with him. You know, they need to they need to do this. Let's play some games. This is good. He is playing a game with her, a game of wits. It's it's a metaphor, you know, because, um, you know, because he he is in he's deliberately shelving important conversations about this black site uh, for genetic testing. He's deliberately shelving communication to work on communication. Like, the irony is rife. I told you it was coming back with some irony, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, we're back. Like, he is the worst. <laughs> he, he has put the horse in the stable. He shot the horse. It's glue now. Like, James, <laughs> what are you, like, like what, are, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, This is the time for your high horse, James. This is the time. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, he he willingly manipulates the story about the black site to spare Lena. And he's obviously crushed. When he says you were right to come to me and she leaves, he he has shriveled. He is dead inside. He's sacrificing his integrity, which is so important to him. So here's so so okay. So he tells um Mackenzie, you know, I checked yes. into it. There was nothing to that story, whatever. And she's like she's like, "Oh, okay, I guess my sources are wrong, whatever." And she beat herself up. Do you think he actually verified? No. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I mean. Oh, is oh, he... oh, oh, oh. Did he, do you mean did he actually look into it and it actually is? Well, let, let, let me, let's be clear. He He's oh. killing the story, right? Well, yes. He's killing the story. But is he killing the story because he doesn't want to know or because he knows it's true, but he, he's he's protecting Lena? Like, which is it? Is it that he he, he didn't verify it, but he's not going to bother? He doesn't want to know or or he knows in his heart it's true, but he doesn't want to look into it? Or has he looked into it and he's killing the story anyway? That's that's what I wasn't clear on. Great questions. Really great questions. I I think it could go either way with him right now. I think it's we'll just, find he's, out. He's hard to read. My gut says that James is a good enough reporter that he would check the story first. And that makes it even worse. That he knows it's true. And he's, he's deliberately shelving that way. He doesn't have plausible deniability. Mm, okay. Okay, it, yeah, it was but interesting. I, I'm not 100. I'm not 100 sold on that. I should have said this during good bit, but um, you, uh, you, you know, he is a good reporter. It's such a good reporter, in fact, that he thinks the greatest invention uh, of mankind is the printing the press. The printing press. What did she say? The greatest invention was. I missed it because I was like, yeah, printing press, and then I lost the rest. Light bulb. Oh, ooh, that's a good choice too. Right? Like, what does that say about each of them? Like, as soon as they said they're 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 inventions i was like oh that those are very meaningful for each of them like printing press is very obvious for him why that's important but um light bulb 
so light bulb is so, interesting. Edison stole the light bulb. Edison stole the light bulb. It's, Edison, it's an interesting, interesting choice. Edison had no problem killing elephants. Ellis, you know, like Edison did, did some shady stuff, mm-hmm. and he he was kind of a mixed bag. He though to came, be fair, she doesn't say Edison's light bulb. She just says light the bulb. light bulb. Sure, so. But, but we all know, uh, come on. Like you ask anybody who invented a light bulb, they're going to say Edison, right? Even right. if it's not technically true. Um, yeah, and you ask somebody who invented the printing press, they're going to be like Eli Whitney, obviously. <laughs> and then you slap them. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No. No. <laughs> I'm surprised no one said the cotton gin. Yeah, you know? I'm not. I'm not surprised. That wouldn't even. No, that wouldn't I'm just, make I'm just, I'm just kidding. Now, Co- the seed no, drill, Jethro Tull's seed drill, that's, that's significant. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so, so the, the, uh, hmm. Yeah, the, the uh, light bulb and uh, printing press were, were very indicative of their of their characters and their priorities. So the answer is fire. That is, that is, <laughs> That's yeah. probably true. Or the wheel. The wheel is probably man's greatest invention. Yeah. Either one of those. Yeah. Anyway, we could be here all day. Let's do that. A new podcast. What is new podcast? What is the world's greatest invention? Tell me why you think that. Mm. And Rotating we just, we just, guests. Every week, we each of us picks a, a random invention and just defends it to the death. God, I would have so much fun with that. We should do that. No one take our idea. <laughs> Papa Bellatio. There. It's ours. Any other Storytime Village points that you want to hit? Mm, no, sir. Okay. I'm out. Okay. Um, I'm out, skis. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's head, let's over to... A, oh, one last thing. Supergirl, season four, episode 11, entitled oh, Blood Memory. <laughs> 27 January 2019, directed by Shannon Cololi and written by Jessica Keller and Dana Horgan. There you go. Now I'm done. 27th January? What are you, British? 27th January. I've been writing a lot. I've been writing a lot in MLA format. I'm sorry. Uh, I actually wrote it out and I was like, I'm not changing that. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late now. Anyway, Professor Comics Corner. Whole lot of nothing. Nothing we haven't talked about already. Womp womp. Womp womp. I'm sure there was something, but I watched this episode really fast. So, you know. It's actually for the speed to which I watched this episode in like ha- like having a, a very busy weekend and then and then this and like I I can't believe that I actually got what I got out of it. <laughs> like, but you know what? You got enough out of it to change my perspective. I didn't change my mind entirely, but you've you've set me on a new path. So you got enough out of it to, to make me see it with some fresh eyes. So take, that's good. Take credit that's for good. that. Take solace in that. I will take no credit. Your brain works the way it is. All right. Anyway. Let's um let's do trailer TV talk and some news, but then but let's wrap up first before we do those things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. You can find us over at SupergirlTVTalk.com, uh Supergirl TV Talk on Instagram, mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Obviously you can find us at Supergirl TV Talk uh, on all the places where podcasts are found. That includes iTunes, Spotify, uh Google Play Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts. Castro, every app, if if they have podcasts, we're on it. So check it out. Um, tell a friend. Leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. You know, if you are wherever you are, please open up your phone right now. Open up the app and leave us a tap to leave us a five star review. It's all it takes is one tap and it's done. If you want to write something great, but you don't have to, a simple tap will do. And if you're driving or you're in a place where you can't leave a review right now, think about where you're headed. If it's your office, if it's your kid's school, uh, if it's your the gym, wherever you're going, think about where you're going. Uh, and, and when you get there, picture that place. When you get there, remember to open up the app and leave us a five star rating. So that's uh, that'll do it at TV Super on Twitter as well. Good stuff. All right. Trailer TV talk. Here we go. All right. Nia, Nia heads into action. Dream girl, dreamer, whatever they're going to call her. We'll find out. I just can't remember right now. It's dreamer. OK, thanks. Dreamers headed into action. Abert Agent Liberty is back, baby. And maybe it's now a children's war getting deep. Mm. His kid, maybe. Not sure. We'll find out. Couldn't remember. Anyway. Because I watched this episode in a rush, I only watched the trailer once, and I was like, "Good enough, got to record. Let's do this." So, anyway, I'm excited for next week. I love Agent Liberty in an ironic way because it's a it's an interesting character and it's a good actor. So, I'm um, I'm excited he's back for storytelling purposes, not because I'm on his side. Let's be clear here. All right, last big piece of news, Frank. Mm-hmm. They released the first image of Lex Luthor. Yes, they did. Lex friggin' Luther looking exactly like John Cryer. 
John Cryer. <laughs> Looking exactly like John Cryer looked. Spitting image. Spitting image of John Cryer. It's almost as if he's played by John Cryer. Scowling Amazing. image. Amazing. So it's him in prison. And Frank, when you and I both saw this, we were like, yep, they look. It's John Cryer. Yeah. There he is. The more I look at it, the more I'm on board, Frank. You know what? I'm going to agree with you there. I started out not, and I'm still not not totally sold on the image in and of itself. But as time goes on, the more I look at it, I'm starting to feel a little bit more, a little bit more convinced by. It. I'm like, all right, I could, I, I'm seeing a little bit more Lex. The more I look at it, it's, it's not what I pictured for Lex. So I think I'm getting over that initial shock of like, that's not really, that's just not how I picture Lex looking. But, but the Me more either. I look at I, it, I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm looking past the John Cryerness of him and just looking at him as Lex. Yeah, there's a. See, here, here's the thing. I think I've always been on board for this casting. I've said, you know, there's it, I'm documented on this. I'm on board. John Cryer is a good actor. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you get boxed into sitcoms, right, in some way. But that doesn't mean that's the only thing you're capable of. And so um, so I am really looking forward to But if you really look at his eyes, really look at them in that photo, he's kind of scary. Like, just zoom in on the eyes remove the John Cryer in your head and look at it as Lex Luthor. He, that's a dangerous man behind bars. And it is in that danger that I'm excited because the producers did an interview and they were like, yo, tell us about people who were like, tell us about Lex Luthor. And they were like, fans are going to go ballistic. This is the Lex Luthor they've been waiting for. And it, he's not a comedy machine. That's not that's not our Lex. And I was like, let's go. Let's do this. Lex is not a communist machine. I do not want that Lex Luthor. I've never enjoyed Gene. I enjoyed Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor for what he is. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then Kevin Spacey's continuation of that is closer. But John Shea to me is still the best Lex Luthor. Really? Really? From and Clark. He's just so good. He that first season Lex Luthor is just smarmy. And smart and like it kind of enjoys being Lex Luthor, you know, but not in the comedic kind of way. I just think he, he's really he was really great. I, I John Shea is my my favorite. So I'm hoping for a new favorite. You know how I like to I you know, something's my favorite until something the next one comes along. So I am I'm ready to ditch John Shea and let's do this. But we'll see what happens. I think he he has this like Hannibal Lecter vibe. That, I, okay. that I'm kind of, that I'm kind of digging. I can kind of see that. I I, I do kind of see that. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right about the eyes. It's in the eyes. You see, you see that he's got the the eyes of a villain, that menacing look, especially in that image. I'm putting this in the show notes. Um, I'm also putting a link in the show notes to the, to the Variety interview that you referenced, where Jessica mm-hmm. Culler says he's powerful, he's devious, he's funny, he turns on a dime. His dyna- his dynamic with uh, Katie McGrath, who plays his on screen sister Lena is just so great. We think the audience is going to go crazy when they see his performance. Yeah, see, that's that's it. I don't mind Lex being funny in the way that somebody who's very charming is funny. You know what I mean? You know, like, because that's what Lex Luthor is. He's charming. You know, he's not all evil because he thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the the beautiful part about Lex Luthor. Right. But if you look at his eyes, the way they lit him, think about Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, and then think about that. Not the, like, oh, my God, he's a cannibal. He's going to eat me. Hannibal Lecter is one of the smartest on-screen characters ever. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe ever. And that's that's that sense that I'm getting. This is kind of dumb, too, but um, he's already bald, Frank. Sure. And uh, No, no, no. John Cryer is already bald. Oh, they didn't, they oh, didn't oh, have oh, to oh. convince an actor. To, to shave be like, his head. To shave his head. He could be around for a long time. Many people give up being Lex Luthor because they're like, I don't want to shave my head anymore. And John Cryer's like, don't have to worry about that. Don't shave my head. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty cool. Also, maybe he actually didn't lose his hair because of some freak accident, which I really don't like partake in very much. I just kind of like that. Some people can be bald. It's okay. Yeah, true. True. Yeah, that was that was sort of a yeah, making it be that like Superman made him lose his hair was that, that was a silver age thing, you know. That was to mm-hmm. That was fine. That was fine for its time, but I I don't really need I don't need that to be the reason why. I don't mind it being an accident or or you know like 
I don't mind it being an accident, but I don't need it to be like Superman made him lose his hair or Supergirl. You know, it doesn't need right. to be that way. That's a, right. that's a stupid motive to to want to take down a superhero because he made me lose my hair. Exactly. I always loved the showrunners on uh, Lois and Clark answering why John Shea had hair. And they were like, Lex Luthor is one of the smartest men in the world and one of the wealthiest. He'd find his way to get his hair back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I always thought that was that was fun. And that was like a who cares? Shut up. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. you know, but um, I think that image, if he was in a boardroom or standing next to a like a maybe more um fantastic comic character like in a costume or if he was in the lex armor or something like that we might see lex in the lex armor that armor exists on this show already you might see lex luther in lex in okay. the lexo suit all right all right we have a lot of listeners so I, I need you to listen very carefully i need someone to photoshop that picture into that lex suit <laughs> yep Please, i mean we could do I a real it. we could do a really poor job of it but i need a real image of that i need it like rocket raccoon needed that guy's arm yeah, and that guy's um. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I need it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But you're right. I I can see. I can see that John that that John Cryer that Lex Luthor, <laughs> um, and that John Cryer in a suit standing next to like a Metallo or something. Like I I can I can picture that. Even just th- he's in the suit. Just imagine he's in the suit. And instead of where that door is, the Lexo armor's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. It's so close. You know what I mean? I think. I think the, you know, the room itself is throwing him off. And you know, and as my my marvelous tweet said, you know, you know, when they released the image, they were like, you know, can the steel can't stop him? You know, he's Lex Luthor, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, but the girl of steel might be able to. Am I right? High five, everyone. Hey yo, wordplay. Anyway, you know, so I'm just, ah, I'm jazzed. I love oh, yeah. Lex Luthor, and I'm I'm real pumped that they're just throwing it in there. There's like, let's do it. We love these characters without like needing to give you Superman, Lex Luthor, whatever. Now they're there to serve the story, right? You know, and that's that's great. And I'm so I'm so excited. Totally, totally. I'm I'm I I was not jazzed about the image when it first came out, but I at no point did I doubt. And I still don't doubt that he will rise to the challenge, that he's up to the challenge, because they would not. These producers have done such a good job with this show all the way through with the casting, I, especially with the with the casting of the more significant characters. I'm I'm mm-hmm. not concerned that I'm not worried that they, they picked the wrong guy because they have not picked the wrong person yet. So nope. I have no reason to think they'd start now. No, I'm I'm jazzed. All right, Frank. It's been a lovely, lovely time talking to you, has it not? It has, my friend, it has. Excellent. Well, then, since we've already said all the things that we need to say, until next time, up, up, and away!